Lord Jesus, may that be the prayer of each one of our hearts. May we truly be willing to give you all the rest because we have you. And Jesus, you are more than enough in every area of our lives. We thank you. Amen. The question that I was debating when I was a senior in college, this, this conviction came upon me and I suddenly was faced with the dilemma, should I pay rent or should I pay my tithe? This was a question that was going through my head. Some of you may have had that debate in your mind before. I was a senior in college and like many seniors in college, all seniors in college that I've pretty much known, we're not very rich people. Anyone else remember being poor in college? I was actually working two jobs. I was a, an official for sporting games, sporting events, and then I was also a server at a restaurant, which you'll hear more about in just a minute. But I had recently, my senior year of college, I recently become convicted that occasional tithing, which really isn't tithing at all, wasn't okay. And now just a few weeks after that conviction had come, just, just actually a week after that conviction had come, I was faced with this first crisis, this, this first dilemma of sorts. Would I pay tithe or would I pay rent? Rent was due the following Monday, but I needed to pay tithe that Sabbath. And if I paid tithe, I would be a little short on rent. What to do? The debate was in my mind, the, the tension in my mind. I decided for the first time really ever that I recall in my life to, to put God first financially. This was the first real, real moment in my life that I remember making the decision to put God first financially. So I paid tithe. This left me short of rent, a little over $50 short of my rent, which was due on that coming Monday. Pay tithe on Sabbath. On Monday, my rent was due. In between those two events, I was, I was working. I was working as a server at a restaurant. And I needed to make over $50 in tips that Sunday night that I was serving at a restaurant. Now, now this would be easy. This would be easy for most servers on a weekend shift. But for me, the only problem was I worked at a little place called Super Salad. Have you ever been to Chattanooga, Tennessee? Super Salad isn't exactly a place for high-end servers or even really low-end servers we're the we're the bottom of the barrel I pulled a review off of Yelp and I want to read it to you this is from the super salad that I worked at in Chattanooga Tennessee this is a review of that super salad I had a not so great experience as super salad today today the food was great though there wasn't much of it on the bar there were a few forks avail available for half of my visit Problem was that even on a Saturday, the place was only a quarter full. They eventually pulled out plastic forks. There was one waitress who was do also busing tables, so we didn't get our drink orders until halfway through our plate. She was very sweet, but just overworked. Hear this part. She was very sweet, but just overworked and underpaid, I suspect. I won't be going back. Super Salad is a buffet-style restaurant with soup and what? Salad. Man, you guys are such a smart congregation. You guessed it, salad. I worked there because I had come under the conviction earlier, a couple years earlier, I'd come under the conviction that, that, that as a Seventh-day Adventist, I shouldn't be serving alcohol to individuals. And as I came under that conviction that I shouldn't be serving alcohol to individuals, 
I could no longer work at most restaurants, and so here I found myself working at Super Salad. The problem with working at Super Salad, though, this buffet-style restaurant, is that, that in the state of Tennessee, I was still seen as a server, which meant I made a whopping $2.13 an hour, plus tips. Now, that's not a problem when you work at a normal restaurant. When I worked in a normal restaurant, what I call a normal restaurant, I could make anywhere from 75 to, to 200 plus dollars a night in tips. But now, working at Super Salad, once I had responded to the conviction to not serve alcohol and started working at Super Salad, I made on an average of $20 a night in tips. A little bit of a decrease there. You see, people don't like to tip very well for you bringing them water or maybe a soda and busting their tables, and, and that's about it. So here I was, more than $50 short in rent, headed to a place, headed to a place where the, the most I had ever made in one night in tips was $35. That was the most I had ever made working there in one night in tips. Not only that, I was working on the worst night of the week to work Sunday night. Because Sunday night, Super Salad was very popular with the after-church crowd. And I guess the after-church crowd had already given all their money to Jesus because they were the worst tippers in the world. I pray, God, you convicted me to be intentional about paying tithe. And that's what I did. Now I'm short rent. You know what I need. I trust you. Within the first hour, within the first hour of my time there, I received $20 in tips. I was blown away. Four to five o'clock, that's not a normal, normal time to be receiving good tips. And I received $20 in tips, and I was so excited. I was like, God, you, you've done this. You're going to do this. And then over the course, or actually five to, five to six o'clock, excuse me, five to six o'clock, $20 in tips. I mean, that was my average for the night, and in one hour I had received already $20 in tips. I was, I was God, you are going to do this. And then over the course of the next three hours, the tips slowed down. The church crowd came in, and I got their quarters. <laughs> Thought I had a quarter. Yeah, I got a quarter. I got their quarters, and I got their nickels and their dimes and their dollars and all their food on the ground that I had to vacuum and clean up. First hour, $20. Over the next three hours, $17. I now had $37 in tip. The most I'd ever made, by the way, as Super Salad in one night, but still short, almost $20 from my rent. We were getting ready to close. The other server, the manager, had let the other server go, and I was doing my side work there in the restaurant, getting things ready, and I was getting ready to close up the restaurant. We were closing at 9, and we had about five minutes to go, and I said, God, I know this was the right thing to pay tithe. I trust you. But the place was empty, so I didn't know what God was going to do. Everyone was gone, except me and the manager and the cook in the back. And again, I was cleaning up. Five minutes before closing, two couples come in. Two separate couples come in. I was like, God, this is my answer. There's two people here. I know no one has ever given a $10 tip at Super Salad, but God, this is the night. Come on. Two $10 tips, Lord, and we are good to go. Two $10 tips, and we are good. So I went there, and I walked up to the tables, and I greeted them, and I said, what can I get you to drink? And both couples said, water. 
Now, if you worked in the restaurant industry, this is a bad sign. I made small talk with each table, though, and I kept praying. It was now well after nine. They sat there, and they chatted, and they enjoyed their company. The, the one couple visiting over here and the other couple on the other side of the restaurant enjoying their visiting time. And I waited for them to, to finish, and I was thinking to myself, you know, surely they'll be gracious. They, they recognize that we close at nine. They came in five minutes before closing. They kept me, kept me after by, by a great deal of time. Surely they will be gracious for keeping me here all these after, after hours. If I could just get $10 from each couple. The first couple got up to leave and they thanked me. They said, have a good night. And they thanked me. I said, thank you. I walked them to the door. I unlocked the door for them. Let them out of the door. And then I went back to their table and began to bust their table and began to look around. And I found a whopping nothing. <laughs> there on their table. My heart sunk. I wasn't going to make the rent. Eventually, the other couple got ready to go, and the gentleman took a bill, and he folded it up, and he put it under the edge of his plate, as people do when they're leaving small tips of $1 bills, and they don't want anyone to see how cheap they put there on there. <laughs> I've done it, too. I'm not criticizing. I've done it, too. <laughs> I wished them a good night, and I walked them to the door, and I unlocked the door, and I opened the door for them and let them out, and then I locked the door back up, and I went over to their table. I pulled that plate aside, and I pulled out the bill, and how much do you think that bill was for? $20. Good. You guys are a good church crowd. You know that a pastor, when he gives an illustration, what he's going to say next. The first service didn't know what was going on. I was like, come on, you've been to church enough that you should know this. Dr. and Mrs. Orm, they're the ones that left me that $20. I know their names because a few weeks later they came back into Super Salad and I saw them and I said to them, I told them the story and I told them how they had blessed me that night, how they had helped me pay rent. They didn't have any recollection of the event, but they thanked me for sharing the story with them. And eventually we got to know each other, and they, they came to church with me a couple times. They even came and heard me preach at, at Southern once. Wonderful couple. Keep praying for them. They're still alive, doing well. But, um, but they put that $20 down there. I never received more than $35 in tips as Super Salad. I, I, had nev I never after that received more than $30 in tips ever again as Super Salad. But on that night, the day after I decided to pay tithe, God decided to give that blessing, to give me that little affirmation of my faithfulness. On the very last cup customer of the night, when I was in need of about 18 more dollars to fully make the rent, God gave me a $20 bill. God gave me $57 for the night. Not good at any other restaurant in the world, but at Super Salad, it is a miracle, a divine miracle. <laughs> Open your Bibles with me to the book of Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. I believe it's number, page 1086, 1086 in your pew Bibles. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. And while you're turning there, I want to share something with you. It's a little caveat that I share whenever I talk about money uh, within the church. I, I want people to know and to understand this aspect of our church, which I actually uh, love very much. I want you to know, and you'll hear it again in future sermons when I talk about finances or stewardship in future sermons, because I always want people to hear this and to understand this, that I actually, I know there's a lot of complaint about it at times, but I actually love the tie structure within the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and I'm going to give you the reasons. I couldn't have said that 10 or so years ago, but God has since helped me to understand uh, uh, 
the, 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 our system and the blessing of our system. And I'm not just saying this because Tom Evans is sitting in the third row over here and uh, he's the NAD treasurer. But I'm, I'm saying that I really truly love it. And I'll tell you the reasons why I love the system that we have within the Seventh Adventist Church. Because the system in which we have within this church gives me the freedom to stand up here and to talk to you about finances and to talk to you about money and to talk to you about how God calls us all to be faithful in giving to him, returning our resources unto him, knowing that I'm not doing it because it's going to line my pockets. If each and every one of you decided in here today to just write out a check for $1,000 in tithe or $10,000 in tithe or $100,000 in tithe, and if you want to do that right now, we'll take a minute and go ahead and do that. But even if all of you decided to do that right now, we have the largest tithe collection in the history of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in one worship service. Even if all of you decided to do that, tomorrow morning and the next day and the day after that and the day after that, my salary would stay the exact same. I actually like that. I like that because it gives me the freedom to tell you that I believe that, that we return tithe not to pad anyone's pockets, and we return our offerings not to, to pad anyone's pockets or, or to, to pad a preacher's pockets, but, but because we are responding to God's conviction on our hearts and on our lives. I love the, the quality within our system. Here we are at the Spencerville Seventh-day Adventist Church, and, and within our conference, within our region area here, this is the largest church in our entire conference, 1,800 members. I love that, that I make the same amount of money as the pastor that is shepherding 50 or 60 members within our conference. We make the same amount, both of us. There's an equality within our system that is a blessing that gives us the freedom to talk honestly and openly about money without having it be a money grab for ourselves. And I appreciate that. I also appreciate our tithe system because of this. I believe it's more true to the biblical model. More true to the biblical model in that I don't get to make the decisions about what happens with the tithe. The tithe system that we have, I don't get to make those decisions about what happens with our tithe dollars. I think this is more true to the, to the biblical model of me surrend, uh, returning it to God and saying, God, I trust you with these resources. Do as you see fit with them. It also, it also helps to have someone else making the decision with the money. When I return 10%, it's, it's God leading and guiding to make the decision what to do with those money. I don't say, okay, here's 3% for the school, and here's 3% for the youth, and, and, and all, I like it is written ministry, so I'll give a couple over here, and I have one more percent, so I'll give that to the church and call it tithe. Now, our tithe structure is 10% to the worldwide movement of this church. When I give that line marked tithe, I'm saying, here is 10% God, and I trust you with it. I give it to you freely. I will not try to control what is done with this money which is, I think, a more true biblical response to God asking us to return our tithe. Now, Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, says the Lord, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. That night at Super Salad, that Sunday night at Super Salad of my senior year of college at Southern Adventist University, this text became real to me. 
Isn't it wonderful when, when a text in Scripture becomes real to you? I mean, we read things all the time, but, but suddenly there's, there's, there's something dynamic in our lives, and, and the text becomes real to us. And this text, that night, became real to me. Prior to that night, I had not been bringing the whole tithe into the storehouse, and that's the part of the Scripture I want to talk about today, bringing the whole tithe into the storehouse. I had not bringing the whole tithe into the storehouse, but I had been bringing in a partial tithe. A portion of the tithe. In what ways was I doing that? Maybe some of you can relate to some of these ways in which I was only bringing a partial tithe. I was bringing a partial tithe in that I was, in that I was, not because I wasn't willing, but because I wasn't paying attention. Because I wasn't paying attention. And what, what do I mean by that? I didn't track every dollar I made to make sure that what I gave or what I returned unto God was truly my tithe. I'd make... in tips one night, and 17 another night, and 13 another night. Remember, my average was 20, so maybe once in a while I make 25 on a night. But but I wasn't keeping track of that. That that money would go in my pockets or in my little bib thing that I would carry straws in, and at the end of the night I'd go home and I'd take off my bib and I'd set it on the thing, and the next day when I had to go to work again, I'd pull out that money and I'd set it on my dresser, and and some of it I'd spend during the week, and, and others of it I'd put in my drawer, and uh, I don't know if I even had a bank account at that time. I know that's shameful for a senior in college not to have a bank account, but I don't know if I did. And I, I would do those things, and, and I didn't really pay attention to what I had. And I'd come to, the, to church the next week, and I'd, I'd say, oh, well, I don't really remember how much I made, but here's $10 or here's $15. That seems like a fair amount. That seems like tithe, and I'd, I'd put that in there and, and move on my way. But I wasn't really... Because I wasn't paying attention, I wasn't truly giving an honest tithe, the whole tithe to the Lord. I gave partially, I gave partially because I was in college. And in college, I would do something that maybe a few of you did in college and maybe a few of you still do now. I would skip church to go to the mountains or to go to the lake or at times to hide in my closet when the RA would come by for dorm room check and as soon as they knocked on the door and opened the door and saw that I wasn't there, I would they close the door back up, I would hop out of the closet and go back into bed. Any other Southern graduates here? <laughs> I saw a hand go up in the back. They know what I'm talking about. Those closets were just perfect enough to sit down in. Here are those keys. So I would not always be at church to, to give that tithe. And, and by not going to church on a regular basis... I'd give when I was there, and since my attendance wasn't systematic to church, neither was my giving oftentimes wasn't systematic at church. I, became, I gave partially in ways because I, I church hopped. Anyone else ever church hopped? Okay, I'm going there. Okay, I'm going there. My friends call me up. Hey, we're going to go over to College Dale Community. Oh, we're going to go over to Ottawa today. We're going to go downtown to the church today, downtown. And so because we church hopped, we would sometimes, oh, here's a little money in this offering plate, and here's a little money in this offering plate. It wasn't that I wasn't willing, but just by doing all these things, there was no conscious focus of what I should be doing. I was giving partially because anything I gave, I called tithe. If I gave 2%, I called it tithe. If I gave 5%, I called it tithe. If I gave 9.9%, I called it tithe. 
But tithe isn't any of those things, y'all. The Bible is very specific. The Bible says bring the whole tithe in the storehouse. And this word, the word tithe means one-tenth. Means one-tenth. I love the illustration that Mark gave us this morning. Isn't that a great illustration? I love the illustration. And that both kids, I loved when, when he said, how many do you have ten? And he, he said, now give one to your friend Kevin. And, and, and Brandon gave one to his friend Kevin. And, and he says, how does that make you feel? And he said, happy. He gave away a tithe of his Skittles to Brandon. One-tenth of his Skittles to Brandon. And then he asked them, is this enough for you, these nine? He said, yeah, it's enough. What a good witness for all of us, amen? I love that. Tithe is one-tenth. That, that Brandon gave to Kevin one-tenth of his Skittles. In, in many, uh, in much of Christianity these days, Almost anything you give to God is, is delineated a tithe. And it waters down this truth about tithe. Many of you heard of the, of the program or of the gentleman named Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey, Financial Peace Uni uh, University. I used to listen to Financial Peace University, uh, his, his radio show all the time, Dave Ramsey's radio show all the time. I don't anymore because I'm so busy listening to C-SPAN all the time. Anyone joining with me? So C-SPAN, I'm listening to all the time. But, but I used to love listening to, to Dave Ramsey's radio show. But, and I agree with so much of what Dave Ramsey says. But one of the things that I don't agree with him on in regards to finances is that he would tell people, God expects you to give a tithe. So, so if you're trying to pay off debt at this point, give 2% or give 5% or, or, or 3% or whatever. He defined it all as tithe. Anything that you gave to God, he defined as tithe. But the Bible is very clear that tithe is 10%. Anything less is not the whole tithe. And the Bible says, bring the whole tithe, bring all 10% into my storehouse. When I was convicted of this back in college, what struck me most, though, was not initially the promise of the blessing that I would receive, although I received that when I gave through those tips. And the blessings have continued to this day. What struck me then and what still strikes me now was the verse preceding Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Two verses before actually. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8. I want you to read this with me. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8. If you'll look at that with me. The Bible reads this way. Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes. And in offerings, and those offerings were actually ties related to the offerings specifically. Will a man rob God, yet you are robbing me? But you say, how have we robbed you? In ties and offerings. I read that text many times in my life prior to that moment, prior to my senior year in college. But one day, something happened when I was a senior in college where it all of a sudden struck me. It struck me in, in my heart. When I don't pay an honest tithe, an honest 10%. I'm robbing God. I'm robbing God. No matter how sacrificial I am in other areas, no matter what other worthy causes and projects that I may support, it struck my heart that not paying tithe, I was robbing God. I wasn't robbing the church. I wasn't robbing the conference or the division or, or the union. I was robbing God. And, and for some reason, when I read that, that week of my senior year at Southern, it struck my heart. It struck my heart. 
that what happened wasn't, wasn't a, a, a sense of guilt. I didn't feel guilty about it, but I felt a deep sadness that I had been robbing God. It broke my heart, folk, because, because I was very aware of everything good that is in my life is from God. Everything good. It broke my heart, folks, because I was a very happy person. I still am a, a, quite a happy person. I enjoy life very, very much. And I was a very, very happy person. And this was far different than just a few years prior when I was a miserable individual that hated life. But now I found myself happy and full of joy. I had wonderful friends, friends that had a positive influence on me, friends that encouraged me, and friends that built me up. This was far different than a few years before when I had friends that, that literally stole from me and that I stole from them to, to feed the bad habits in our lives. This was far different. I now was intricately involved in, in ministry, and this gave me a fulfillment that I had never experienced at any other point in my life, the joy of serving others and the joy of serving God. I, I, had a, a, I was a sinner, and I knew I was a sinner, but, but rather than allowing that to beat me down anymore, I now realized that, that, that I was forgiven by, by Jesus, by God the Father by the Holy Spirit. And because of this, I truly could say that I lived with a peace that passed all understanding. I had hope for the first time in my life. Just years before, I thought to myself, it would be just as good to die as to live. But now I had hope in Jesus Christ. And I knew that all of this was because God was in my life and because God was in my heart. And at the core of my being, I recognized that everything good that I had was from God, and yet I was robbing him. And that broke my heart. That broke my heart. That he had given me so much, that he's given me so much, and yet I was robbing him. I remember prior to God, I had none of the good and all of the bad. And the thought that, that after God had given me so much, now I was robbing him. It broke me. The Bible tells us in James chapter 1 and verse 17 that every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Every good thing in your life, folks, the grandchildren that you love, the kids that you love, the job that you, that you have, the, the spouse that you, that you may have, the, the blessings in your life, every good gift is from God. It comes down from God. If God asked me to return 90% and said live on 10%, I would have to do it because he is worth that. And the blessings that he has given are wonderful salvation freely given what a gift from god my wife oh she would have never married the man i was before i met jesus the wife the perfect wife that god has given me is a blessing that comes down from heaven the three wonderful boys that that, that antagonize me all day long but they do something at least once a day that melts my heart and makes me so grateful that i have them and they are gifts from jesus the opportunity to, to come into this beautiful building and to worship. My son was sitting with me on the, on the front row for first service a couple weeks ago, and he pointed at this window behind me and he said, Daddy, 
I love that window. He's like, that's my favorite thing at this church. I said, amen, brother. I just love that, my, that, that we live, we have this beautiful place of worship, and that's a gift from God. You all have been such a gift to myself and to my family, and it's a gift from God. This church is a gift from God. I'm deserving of none of it. I'm deserving of none of it. Yet I know all these good things, all these perfect gifts are from God. How could I not be faithful then when he asks? How could I even consider robbing him with even 1% of my tithe when he has given me so much? Bring the whole tithe into my storehouse. Return 10%. Before God asked me for sacrifice, he asked me to be faithful with my ties. Here's the crazy thing, y'all. Here's the crazy thing. I was convicted because of all that God had done for me and that I needed to pay my tithe. And when I paid my tithe, when I paid my tithe, rather than God saying, that's right, and you gotta do it for 10 more weeks because you owe me interest. You've been robbing me, start paying up. You have back pay. No. The moment, the moment that I made the decision to pay my tithe, to return my tithe to God, which belongs to him anyway, he said, here, now let me bless you again. That's the God that we serve. No one else does that. Y'all, no one else does that. When you pay your taxes to the government, which the law says legally belongs to them, you know what the government says? Nothing. They let you stay out of jail. They don't even send you a thank you card. When you return to God what rightly belongs to him, even if you've been robbing him for years, you know what he says? Now watch me open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon you. The very first time you commit to that faithfulness. The very first time. When I think of all that God has done for me, how could I rob him? I want to invite you all now to pull out your connection cards. We like to always give you an opportunity to respond to the sermon. Physically respond. Today I want to challenge all of us. I want to challenge all of us in here. If you've already been giving a faithful tithe, then I want to encourage you to continue to do so. But if not, I want to challenge you to accept. I want to I encourage you to accept this tithe challenge. And what is the tithe challenge? It's very simply this. Returning the whole tithe to God. Returning your whole tithe to God, 10%. Make this faithful decision. If you are willing to accept this challenge, right on the back of your card, there's there's a little box. It's just a small little box. My response to today's sermon, I accept the tithe challenge. You can check that in. You can turn it in at the back door as you leave or at the Welcome Center. I want to be able to pray for those who are accepting this challenge. I want to encourage us all to, to make that commitment today to be faithful in our tithes. I can testify to this with all of my heart and in every aspect of my life that from that day forward, 
I have been faithful to God with my tithes, and over and over again, he has come through. The year that, that we received an, a, a huge tax bill, and I said, God, how are we going to pay these taxes? What happened? How on earth are we owing this many taxes? And, and I'm sitting there, and I even went to a bank. I went to a bank and said, I'm going to have to take out a loan to pay my, my taxes. And I get home, and I have a message on my machine from my accountant. We pushed the wrong button. You laugh, but then the number they told me was almost exactly the amount I had set aside for taxes in my bank. Over and over again. Us being here. God, we've been faithful with everything. God, I told God, I said, God, I, the Bible says, return the whole tithe. Put me to the test. Test me in this. I said, God, we, we've been faithful with our tithes. We've been faithful with our offerings. Lord, Please bless us in the selling of our house out in, out in California. Some of you have heard this. Bless us with the selling of our house. And the realtor put our house on the market. And it was only on the market for one day. And Christina said, I feel like they didn't price our house high enough. I said, honey, well, you know, they're the experts. Let's not. She's like, Chad, I just, I just have this. I just feel that they didn't price our house high enough. So I called my realtor. And I said, Ed. You know, my wife, we, but really it's Christina. <laughs> Don't think you know what you're doing, so could you uh, price our house a little bit higher? He said, you know, the pictures are showing pretty well. It looks like it'll get some traction, so, so I'll, 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 I'll think about it and I'll look at it. He calls us back. He said, I, I upped the price, and I went online, and I looked, and he had upped the price $30,000. I'm just going to tell you to be honest so you understand what this is going on. And I called him back and I said, Ed, now I don't think you know what you're doing. <laughs> we meant like five or $10,000. He said, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think we're gonna get that $30,000. I just priced it up there to shock the market. We'll get some traction and then we'll drop it down. It'll look like a great deal. I said, okay. Six days, our house sold for that price up there. Over and over and over again. God has shown us that as we've been faithful, he will be faithful to us. And let me tell you this, that extra 30000 allowed us to move out here debt-free. Debt-free, which was one of the, what are those things called? Fleeces. Thank you. Every now and then, my brain doesn't work anymore. I did some things when I was a kid, so my brain doesn't work. <laughs> Put out those fleeces, and, and God over and over again has, has responded. God is so faithful, folks. He hasn't made Christine and I abundantly wealthy. He hasn't, he hasn't lavished us. I, I drive an old Honda Accord that, man, if you got in that thing and you saw all the lights that were on in it, you'd be worried. But, but you know what? He's always opened up heaven in so many blessings, blessings that I can't imagine. And you know, when I think about all that God has done for us, not just in the present but when I think about what Jesus did for me 2,000 years ago, it literally breaks my heart that I would ever even think about robbing from him. When I think about the fact that, that he was spit upon, that he was mocked and derided, that, that he had a crown of thorns pressed upon his brow, that, 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 that he was nailed to a cross, that, that he was willing to endure the, the sense that he would never see the face of the Father again. And he did all of that 
with the name Chad Stewart on his heart and with your name on his heart, how could I ever try to defraud or deceive or rob God again? Bring the whole tithe into my storehouse, the Lord says. And watch as I open up the windows of heaven with your name on it. Let us pray. Jesus, we thank you so much. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your rich blessings that you have poured out upon us. We want to show you our gratitude by being faithful with our tithe. We know that, that you call us to grow in sacrifice, but you first call us to be faithful with that 10%, that first step of faithfulness, that 10%. And we thank you in advance for the windows of heaven that will be opened up on our behalf. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen.